Welcome to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. I'm Rachel, and this podcast is where you'll find the space to clear your head and calm your heart. I'm so glad you're here. Make yourself at home. Well, hello, and welcome to episode 22 of the Untangling Life Podcast. I'm Rachel, and this episode is the third in a series called What You Need to Know by Heart. In episode 20, I introduced the series by sharing how sometimes my failure in this journey of faith is one of doubting God's promises and principles. Many of us want to learn to trust God more, right? But sometimes I don't have a trust issue. I have a spiritual memory issue. I forget what faith calls me to remember. What do I really need to know by heart? In the last two episodes, I shared parts of Moses' pep talks with the children of Israel. He called them to remember the pain of the past, the place of the past, God's power in bringing them out of Egypt, and his promise of protection. Then in Deuteronomy chapters 5-7, through 7, Moses emphasized that the Israelites must remember that God is bigger than anything they faced are facing or will face, and he's still bigger than anything we have faced, are facing, or will face today. So if you are struggling to remember that God is bigger than your situation or circumstances, when you're finished listening to this episode, hop back to episode 21 to be blessed. And now what else do we really need to know by heart? The day that my daughter Taylor left us for heaven, I called my dad to let him know. He's 83 now, and he's known Jesus longer than I've been living. Through a broken voice, I tried to let Dad know that Taylor had walked through heaven's gates, and Mom met her on the other side. You know, Dad didn't meet my words with a reply on the beauty of heaven, although thoughts of heaven propel me forward every day. He didn't gush over Taylor's life and how beautiful she was. The suffering was too fresh, too raw. He asked, You know what you'd need to remember, right? And he paused before continuing. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. Perhaps like me, memories are really painful for you. Beautiful, but painful. When you walk through deep suffering and pain with a loved one, wishing you could take their pain as your own, then remembering the wilderness journey hurts. I find myself avoiding the pain of memories, and last week my husband gently nudged me in this regard. It was a hard conversation where he essentially asked me to consider if there's a part of me living like I don't want to accept the reality of the suffering and loss of our precious girl. I'm still working on my heart, and between me and the Lord, I don't know if I have a full answer to his question. It's okay to be on a journey and not have arrived. But sometimes the headings in the Bible aren't as gentle as my husband is, you know what I mean? The last two episodes of the podcast, we've walked through several chapters of the book of Deuteronomy, and now here we are at chapter 8. It would seem that Moses has covered all the things that God's people need to remember. He's repeated himself again and again. Time after time, like a mama who knows it bears repeating, he's encouraged, cheered, and reminded the children of Israel to remember and observe. And now we've arrived at Deuteronomy chapter 8. 
You'd think Moses would be finished with his reminders, but no, this time he takes a little different approach, maybe a different tone, and the chapter summary title in my Bible says, Do Not Forget the Lord. It's like Moses is saying, hello, attention please. I know you've been listening to everything I've said, but here's the deal. You people are struggling with this new venture. I get it. Times have changed. You're not wandering in the wilderness anymore. You're on the cusp of a completely different life than what you've known before now. You're about to be blessed with abundance. You're on the edge of experiencing the Lord's lavishness in your life. You're about to receive an inheritance, the likes of which you, neither you nor your parents, have ever seen and can only imagine. But announcement people, remember how the Lord, your God, led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years. Sometimes when we're in the thick of an experience, the best thing we can do is to seek the advice of someone else who's been in our shoes. From the voice of a grieving mother, I want to just gently whisper to you, any of you who are listening, whose hearts are in deep anguish, remember the Lord. He is with you. Just as my dad reminded me on that phone call of January 2nd, 2019, your Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All you have to do is follow. God will lead you through. It might take longer than you anticipated. There might be some difficult lessons to learn along the way. But God is not going to leave you where you are. He loves you too much for that. He paid the price for you. His son's blood was shed for you. That's expensive. The ultimate sacrifice. You are his cherished creation bought back from the enemy. You may be walking through a wilderness right now, but your God will lead you through it. He is after one thing, your heart, your full devotion. Deuteronomy 8.2, the entire verse reads, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. Remember that he will lead you through this darkness. All he wants is your heart. He longs for you to trust him fully, even when you can't see the way forward, even when the darkness has settled on your soul, even in disappointment, discouragement, depression, and yes, even death. There are certain memories that I wanted to preserve of my Taylor's end-of-life ceremonies, and I have a green box with gold on it, all sparkly, that says, Trust in the Lord. And in that box, I kept all the cards and mementos that people sent to us upon Taylor's heavenly home going. I haven't looked at what's in the box in a long time. And today, I wanted to remember the wilderness because I'm encouraging you to do so. I wanted to be brave enough to do it on my own. And I thought I would go back and read to you a portion of a letter that I wrote to Taylor after she had passed away. Letters to Taylor on Grief's Learning Curve. My dear Taylor, with everything in me, I am longing for you to slip your hand into mine as you did so often in the last couple years of your life. It was my sign that you longed for my comfort and without words, I knew your spirit was alive. I have procrastinated in writing to you because the pain is so deep. 
Eleven months have passed since you left us for heaven, and yet in many ways it feels like yesterday. As soon as I sit down in the chair and posture myself to type, the tears begin to fall down my cheeks and deep sobs well in my abdomen. I write because I know it's better to acknowledge the pain than to bury it. Yet choosing the appropriate time to tangibly share with you requires a strategy. I am incapable of expressing how much I miss you, and it feels suffocating at times. Yet God is still giving me breath. For that reason alone, I know he has a purpose and a plan for my life. I wish you could tell me what it's like to curl up on Jesus' lap and listen to his heartbeat. That's what I long for each day in my quiet time, but this human shell that holds my spirit is limited. However, even in my limitations, I know God is near and he gives me glimpses of his glory and power throughout the day of which I'm in awe. Our family has officially moved from the home you knew on this earth for 18 years. Daddy and I managed to hold ourselves together in front of your siblings when we left the house together as a family for the last time. But when the two of us returned a bit later for the final walkthrough, we stood at the front door together and wept with our arms wrapped around one another. It's amazing how attached we can become to four walls. Our minds are so limited to think that the four walls are what contain our memories. Our hearts and minds hold the memories. We take them with us everywhere. It was certainly a precious physical habitat for so long. As I reflect on the last few weeks, my heart is happy with our decision to move for many reasons. Although our previous space was less than ideal for years, I'm so glad that we chose to learn how to use what we had and make things work. I'm glad that we never tried to live above our means. I'm glad that we didn't try to move while you were living. It would have been brutal for you. So much of your comfort was in familiarity and routines. Moving is such a major event. I'd forgotten how topsy-turvy life gets during location transitions. It's taking longer to begin to feel settled than I thought it would, but five weeks later, we are getting there. Speaking of settling in, I've been pondering what it was like for you to welcome your sweet friend Ava to heaven last week. As I drove the two hours across state to hug her family, At the funeral home, my heart grew so heavy for them. I vividly remember standing where they were standing beside the casket holding their precious little girl, flooded with the emotions of beginning to say goodbye. Yesterday, I drove to my West Virginia hometown for the funeral of Ray Kinzer. He and his wife are two of my favorite people in the world. I've been wondering if you've met him yet. He can tell you a few stories about how his daughter and I did everything from school to church to mommy's first job working for him at the Dairy Queen. It was four and a half hours of driving each way to attend the funeral, and I would suppose some would say it wasn't worth it. But even if all I can offer is a hug to a dear grieving friend, I believe a single hug can express more than a thousand words when given in the right spirit. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. It's really the love of Christ. I recently read that grief is simply love with no place to go. As I've reflected on that statement, I've been prompted to find ways to channel my love for you. It's not as if the love doesn't exist because you are in heaven. My love for you is so strong that I feel certain it only continues to grow, even in your physical absence. 
I suppose one could say that for the last year I've been on the learning curve of grief, that I've been learning how to redirect my love for you so that it can continue to blossom and flourish. It doesn't mean that I won't continue to experience grief, but love doesn't have to live in limbo. God must have an incredible plan for the exponential amount of love he gave me for you. I'm eagerly watching for his plan to unfold. Until his love brings us together again forever, I love you, your mommy. Isaiah fifty eleven says it this way, Let the one who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on their God. Whether the wilderness or the darkness, no matter what you consider your situation to be right now, what you need to know by heart is that God is not only large and in charge, but he is the ultimate road trip planner. His GPS navigates on a level we cannot comprehend, and this wilderness is no match for him. I thought I would close this episode with our prayer from day one of the current Bible reading plan. We're walking through together in our community, trusting God in the dark. Father, in this place of darkness, I want to learn to trust you fully. I don't understand all the circumstances surrounding my life, but I know that you are in control. Though I cannot see you, nor can I see how you are working, I can look back at the history of the entire world and know that you are working. History is more than the past. It is his story, the story of Jesus and your love. While it's tempting to light my own fire and walk in a light that I can see with my own eyes, prevent the temptation, Lord. Give me a sense of your presence that doesn't falter regardless of how pitch black the night. Help me to learn to lean on you, even and especially in the dark. God will not leave you in the wilderness, but he will lead you through the wilderness. And that, my friends, is today's thread of hope. Each episode of Untangling Life concludes with a segment called On My Desk. If you long to develop a close relationship with the Lord so that you can remember He keeps His promises, then 31 days of Prayers for the Heart cards will meet you in your hardest moments to clear your head and calm your heart. You can find them at rachelwojo.com shop. And as always, you'll find tons of free resources at rachelwojo.com, including this month's Learning to Trust God in the Dark, Trusting God in the Dark Bible Reading Plan, 31 Days. There is a free printable as well as a digital download that you can purchase to use as a journal. You can print it at home or mark it up on your device. Thanks so much for listening in today. Until next time, God sees you and knows your need. Thank you for listening to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to subscribe. For show notes and free resources, visit rachelwojo.com. See you again soon. Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take. 
But I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the Team Us podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.